Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Men's Jiu Jitsu Podcast. Now, guys, just before we get into the episode, just going to give a brief word to our sponsor. This episode is once again brought to you by the Tape Lab Company. Now, guys, if you've been training Jiu Jitsu for any period of time, you're going to see people taping their fingers. Now, little did you know that it's not just because it looks really cool and makes you look like you actually know what you're doing, it's to prevent injuries and stop your grips and your fingers breaking on you and, you know, having that needless joint pain for no reason. Uh, guys, I train mostly nogi, but I still find a lot of value in taping my fingers to keep, you know, to keep the machine well around it, if you know what I mean. Now, it's not all just about taping your fingers to look cool. You can also tape your ankles, wrists, and most of your joints to look cool. And if you want to find out how you can tape any problem areas, such as, say, your elbows at you, you can look them up on Instagram, at Tape Lab Code. They have a whole bunch of tutorials about how to tape your joints properly to, you know, fight knee pain, ankle pain, toe pain, or even carpal tunnel syndrome or anything like that. Mm. Guys, if you want 15% off any of your orders, over 15 euro with Tape Lab, use code HUMANZY15, that's HUMANZY15 for 15% off checkout. Guys, this episode is also brought to you by Ground Game Ireland. Now guys, if you're in Ireland and you want quality gi, no gi, MMA, or even casual apparel, be sure to check them out and use my code HUMANZY15. Also, Humanity 15 for 15% off any orders over 60 euro. Personally, I'd recommend their ranked rash guard set, guys. It's very nice, it's very sleek, it's very breathable. You know, washes very easily, and guys, you know, has a really nice design. Plus, you know, you gotta, you gotta show off the fact that you're a certain belt once you get promoted. You know, ever since I got promoted, I've been on a real uh, ranked rash guard kick, if you know what I mean. So guys, that's Humanzy15 for 15% off any orders over 60 euro. Thanks again to Ground Game for sponsoring and supporting the podcast. And guys, hope you enjoyed the episode. Welcome back to a special episode of the Humanzy Jitsu Podcast. It's episode 115. Now, there's nothing inherently special about the about the number 115. I don't know, some people might find it special. If you weigh 115 pounds, maybe, or your IQ is 115, or you only have 115 seconds left to live, whatever the case may be. That doesn't matter. What does matter is that the fact that I'm here with Rose El Sharone. What's up, Rose? How's it going? All good. How are you? Good. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, I had to re-record that intro because I'm anything but professional. So, <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know Rose, she's a fucking really high-level competitor. She's always meddling. Literally, every other day, I see her meddling on this comp, that comp, and another comp. And, you know, you may not have heard about this. Or you definitely would have, because I'm only being sarcastic right now. It's uh, she runs the Jiu-Jitsu Queens camps in Amsterdam, and you know, I'm not gonna not gonna make any broad declarations about you know the size of women's camps, but it's the most popular one from all the all the things I've heard. Because <laughs> okay, that's enough of that. How's it going, Rose? How are you doing? It's pretty Thank you for the intro. I just see the the fucking funny face from Megan by putting you on the spot there. <laughs> so how's it going? Because you're you're actually traveling in munich now right at the moment training away yes correct so uh, it's tuesday and uh, i arrived here on saturday so i started teaching on sunday we'll be teaching here until saturday and then making a little detour through a smaller city in germany and then i'll go back home mm. so uh, you're just teaching seminars and stuff for, at the moment uh like this is a mini tour i would say so uh it's just, it was a seminar on sunday and then the uh, i'm teaching the whole week the evening classes at the same gym which is actually really nice because if you teach a seminar it's like a one-off time that people see the moves and now we're going through all of it uh for the whole week so people actually get to practice with a little bit that's really cool nice are you just teaching gi classes or you just... <laughs> <laughs> yes we're the sound why 
Yeah, yeah. Now, guys, I'm gonna tell you. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, put you on blast a little. I'm gonna do a little rose exposed video right now, uh-huh. guys. I, I, when I was okay, again, I swear to God, I'll stop bringing up. Oh, this time I was in Greece because the past twenty people I've had on the podcast have been people from Ethiopia and Greece. Yeah, yeah. And Rose was there, and I saw something so horrible, disgusting, and heinous that you know my eyes just couldn't believe it. I saw Rose and Nogi. I never thought I'd see that in my life. Yeah, I, I see you looking away all embarrassed. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Fuck it, um. Ah, man. Uh, so, obviously, you know, you're predominantly a gee sort of sort of person, you know, a gee-gee person. Uh, so, like, okay, do you actually train much no-gi? Like, what would you say is the, you know, the ratio of gee to no-gi? Because, you know, I saw you do no-gi not once, not twice, but... I don't know, three times in Greece? I don't know. I, I wasn't there every session. Yeah, I think I did, I did quite a lot of Nogi uh, in Greece. At the moment, I am doing Nogi two, if I can, three times a week, and the rest will be E trainings. So it's pretty well balanced now, I would say. I know, three some, geeks, That's predominantly. Three... <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if for all my all, all two of my listeners, all two of you guys, you know I don't train gi anymore at all. I haven't trained gi since January because you know I saw the error of my ways. You know, wasn't like, wasn't getting me anywhere. <laughs> Is that why you saw? Uh, there's a whole other that's a whole other fucking story that I'll tell you off the air because it brings me a lot of soul pain to to tell it. Fucking hell! Uh, so Rose, like, how did you first start jiu-jitsu anyway? And like, did you have? Any previous martial arts experience? Yeah, uh, I started judo when I was small, and uh, from that I went into traditional jiu-jitsu when I was about twelve, a little bit younger. Uh, and then one day we had a seminar, a Brazilian kickboxing, I really like so that's when I um, did a little bit of both at the same time. So traditional jiu-jitsu and Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and then when I was uh, I made the switch, like sixteen, seventeen. Uh, I dropped traditional jiu and I just went for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So it kind of started with just a, a seminar, basically. Yeah. Ah, and you know, it, it's like it's come full circle because you just you do a lot of seminars. So you know, maybe maybe you're making people switch fucking switch trainings with the seminars. <laughs> no, uh, but I. But jokes aside, do you still use any of the moves from your old uh, from your judo days, like a nice throw or two? Uh, no, I won't say I have a very strong takedown game, but I. Do you think what I kind of what kind of struck was how to not get thrown like super easily because you kind of practice a lot with like standing, uh, but no, not so much. Oh man, you don't even have. Yeah. Would you not? Would you not just do a cheeky little tiny foot sweep when someone's pulling guards and get your two points? I'll try. It's confused, <laughs> but if I can pull guard, I will. Uh fucking. I don't know. Okay, this is coming from a guy who trains all nogi and does a lot of wrestling. But okay, I'll still pull guard because I want to fucking heel hook people, you know, fucking heel hooks and stuff. <laughs> or right, that's another thing. Okay, okay. Jokes, jokes aside. Oh wait, no, I just remember this. So, um, you don't still have a really good standing wrist lock from you know the the Japanese jiu-jitsu days because that's all just standing wrist. <laughs> Wouldn't that be Sorry, cool? Just the face you made when I said standing wrist lock. <laughs> Who does that? I don't know, Steven Seagal, and he he's done quite well for himself, besides, you know, being a very fat, ridiculous gentleman. He's done quite well for himself. 
Oh, man. Okay, we, again, myself and a few of my friends, we have this whole in-joke with me, with Steven Seagal and just him being a ridiculous man. I'm like, fucking hell, it's just a whole thing. But like, okay, so what was your earliest memory of uh, training jiu-jitsu? Because, you know, you've been, like you said, you've been training since you were a teenager and stuff. So like, what's like the earliest, you know, memory of like teaching or, uh, sorry, of, of your classes and stuff, if you remember? You know, the, the white belt days? The white belt days of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like my earliest, earliest memory? Yeah. Uh, I just remember the warm-ups with all the animal stuff, like push, like crocodile push-ups. Uh, I thought that was very impressive. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I don't know, like, to be honest, it's, it's a long time ago that I was a white belt, there. it was like 2008. So, yeah. Fucking hell with this. Uh, well, I started training in 2017, so no, I was really. I was nine years old in 2008. Give me a break, like, come on. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. <laughs> I was still in school. <laughs> yeah, so it's a while ago. Yeah, it was book learning. Uh, I still yeah. remember my first class and how I thought I was a smart. I was a fucking. Uh, I fucking knew everything in this because I done one. Like I done a couple of MMA classes before. So then we were doing like Americanas and I, you know, I done of that a little bit. So I was like, oh, dude, like, uh, you know, you're doing the Americana wrong, bro. Because yeah, on my first day, I was that guy. <laughs> Fuck it up. Yes, Mister Know It All, dude. I just remember I really liked the sparring part because we didn't do that that much in uh, traditional jiu-jitsu. So that that's like the thing that got me. For we did not like we did sparring and it was really really nice. Mm-hmm. You know, getting slammed in your head and choked unconscious because no one told you how to tap. You know, it's great times, lovely memories. You know, <laughs> that's what me- that's what memories are made of, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm trying to think of some fucking funny shit that went down when I was a white belt. But oh, ah, I remember this now. So, at the very old gym, it used to be in a basement, right? And uh, this basement was dank and dingy. It was a fucking kit, but, you know, it was a good times. And, okay, the ceiling was so fucking low, we couldn't do takedowns. If you pick double-legged someone and picked them up, you'd whack them off the ceiling. There was especially one part where it was, like, two rooms joining, and one there was, like, a dip where there was, like, a door or a sliding thing. So, you especially couldn't take people down there. But I remember this Brazilian fella visited us once. Uh, it was in a nogi class and I was wearing like a green fucking, like it was like a crocodile thing. I don't know what I was thinking because uh, it looked a bit silly. But I, I don't know, I was a white belt. I mean, give me a break. I was like 18 or something. But like, uh, so he comes in, he's rolling with us. And uh, okay, I knew he was a purple belt because he rocked up to the, with a gi and he's like, oh, it's nogi, fucking whatever. And well, for whatever reason, he just starts fucking beating the shit out of me when we're rolling. He's just like whooping me, killing me. And like, he's like smitting me about fucking four or five times. And he's like, bro, what fucking belt are you? I'm like, I'm a white belt. And he's like, oh shit. Because he th- for some reason, he thought I was a blue belt and he could go harder with me. And he was like, just, he's like, bro, oh, my friend, I'm so sorry, my friend, don't show a blue belt, my friend. I'm like, how? I'm wearing green, bro. Like, it's not even like I'm wearing a fucking blue belt set. Like... I don't know. Maybe I just had the. I don't know. Maybe maybe I just had the demeanor and the the arrogance of a blue belt then. Perhaps. Or okay, I don't know if you've you've ever heard about this, but there's like a few. There's like this one camp I heard of where everyone would rock up. They you know either train all no gi or they train in the gi, but everyone would just wear a white belt. 
so you didn't know what belt someone was until you've rolled with them, you know, and then I'd know you'd have to guess a fucking belt there or something. Is this a, is this a true thing? Or are you just making... I, I've heard about... No, no, no. I've heard about that before. I swear to God, I've seen it. I remember seeing, like, Henner Gracie and... All, I, obviously, you know, Henner Gracie's a fucking black belt, so even if he's wearing a white belt, like, come on. But, like... Well, right. You know, you should... You should, you should do that at your next fucking jiu-jitsu queen thing and just punk everyone. Just get, like, someone really good in. Have them wear white belts. Like, oh, you know, this, yeah, she's visiting this guy. <laughs> just see what people think. That should be very funny. Well, I guess at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, right, what the belt is. You just roll with the person and they're good or they're not or they're, like, intermediate and then that's it. Mm. All right, man. Uh, the funniest thing... Uh, so what is it oh i remember this so i went to a gym one time i swear to god i'll shut up about stupid stories and actually ask, ask you proper questions in a minute so i went to a gym one time my friend there she fucking told me it was a no gi class but then i get there and it's a gi class I'm like, the, the fuck the fuck lady what are you doing so i had to borrow a gi off someone and they didn't have a blue belt because i was a blue belt then so they gave me a white belt i'm like cool whatever grand i'm doing a class and it gets to the rolling and there's this guy with a purple belt on and he's like, what is this dude with a white belt? Uh. So anyways, I beat the shit out of him and he's like, he's like looking at me funny like I just fucking killed someone. And then I see him recently because, okay, he didn't follow me on social media and he sees like I'm wearing a purple rash guard at this comp and he's like, what the fuck? So like, he, he was like, wait a minute, how long did you, you got your blue belt? And how long were you a blue belt for? Because this is like less than a year later and you're a purple belt. What the fuck? <laughs> so I just liked how confused he was. I was like, oh, dude, no. I was only a blue belt for like a week, man. I was just too good. <laughs> uh, I just love making people confused and fucking weirding about. It's very, very funny. <laughs> oh, sorry. So to, to get back to the, the proper questions of, on this interview-style show, I, s I swear to God, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> what was the, the hardest thing about white belts, in your opinion? Like, you know, the biggest lesson you learned, like, in your, you know, early days, if you can remember it. I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it up. <laughs> All right, now, just the biggest lesson from jiu-jitsu in general, like, whichever, whichever comes to mind when I say that. Very poorly laid out question. The biggest lesson, I felt. I mean, I didn't have a very hard time over a white belt. If I look back, like I, I was a really nice team. There weren't that many girls. In fact, there was only one other girl. Um, and uh, at some point, I was the only one. So I guess that would have been the hardest part of being a white belt, like just being a very small person in the room with not a lot of uh, similar sized people. <laughs> um, but I mean, I got to be really nice team. So in that sense, it wasn't like a lot of hard lessons to bear. Uh, more of the ways than like looking back than uh, like things I learned later along. As a white belt, I was just uh, going through moves and not really thinking a lot. Well, if it's any if it's any consolation, I still don't think so, you know, you're right. Most of us don't think at all, so it's all good. <laughs> or here's a great question now that I really, that, it's actually a great question. Like how much, okay, would you say your game has changed much from your early days? Because, you know, we all remember we were doing different things early on. And, you know, like, what would you say your game was, like, I don't know, that seven or eight years ago as compared to it now? Oh, very different. So um, I didn't play guard at all in the beginning. So my... <laughs> yeah. I say what? <laughs> so my strategy... 
my like my my main competition strategy even as blue belt uh, so like going into blue belt europeans uh, for the first time my strategy was to wait for the other person to pull guard which fortunately happens a lot if you're in the federate division so i just wait for the other person to pull guard and then try to like get across face and pass from like reverse back guard and that was before that was the time before time where you could read where people could both pull guard at the same time and both get penalized and both get penalties at the same time for double guard pulling what is it what is uh, to be alive isn't that still the rule say what isn't that still the rule no i know but i'm just like that was the before times where people would like actually get double dq'd for double guard pulling yeah i don't think that happens a lot though but <laughs> okay think... i must say Okay, that it's a, this is a really weird thing. I've been to a whole bunch of competitions, whether I was competing or just watching or coaching or whatever. I've never actually once, with my own eyeballs, seen someone double guard pull. And like I've I've like gone to like competitions where there's a lot of light people, a lot of women, and a lot of a lot of light women. I've never seen with my eyeballs people double guard pulling. Very strange. Yeah, because that will happen a lot. Yeah, even I don't know. I'm just a go to. So what? What competitions do you go to? I just go to whatever competitions on. Like I go to grappling industries. I go to Naga. I go to like I've been to a few uh, IBJJFs, you know. I've, but that happens in IBJF, and I didn't see it. Like fucking, there's no one at the Lisbon Open double guard pulling. That's all I'm saying. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, that art, fucking. Or there was the London Open where okay, it's funny because before the London Open last year, I had never gotten a penalty in competition, and I've been competing for five years. I was like, yeah. Never got a penalty, yeah. I got two in that fucking one at the Lunds Open. <laughs> For what? Uh, sitting guard without a grip. Like, I like, walked up to him and just slapped his hands and sat guard because I wanted to fucking pull X guard. And uh, I Imanari rolled him because uh, I didn't get my points for taking him down twice. He went out of bounds playing the boundary. You know how it is. And I was getting so frustrated. There was a minute left. I fucking Imanari rolled him, put him into saddle, and they uh, gave me a penalty for that. <laughs> Worth it. Go. I got a funny video out of it, so you know, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, so okay, say okay. Do you prefer in like a teaching setting, like when you're teaching a class, like do you emphasize, do you put more time onto drilling, rolling, or doing positional rounds? Like, what would you say? How would you divide them up if you had to like make if you had to make us a pie chart? <laughs> very very technical things. <laughs> If you have to, you know, I'll post this later. The Rose's pie chart about fucking our classes. You know, um, you, like, you know, what, what percentage would it be drilling, rolling, or positional sparring? Like, what, what do you prefer? Uh, and, like, what would the other part of the pie chart be? Uh, I don't know. Um, oh, yeah, it'll be an ep- it'll be a pie chart of this episode. Uh, actual jiu-jitsu, uh, actual talk about jiu-jitsu and stupid jokes by Andrew. It'll be, like, a 75%, 25% split. I see. <laughs> uh, I'd go. It will kind of depend. If it's like a one-off seminar, I'll focus mostly on like showing the techniques. And uh, but now, like I'm teaching uh, evening classes in uh, in the gym, so we'll go over green techniques, and then I'll let them do positional sparring from that technique, so they can actually like, practice what they've been doing. I'm not getting back to your percentages, so <laughs> I would have to <laughs> give that a number. I'd say I'd say fifty percent twenty percent of positional fun and thirty percent. 
I yeah. no, dude. I need a calculator. Sorry, fucking hell. <laughs> you can't do the math by uh, by heart anymore these days. No. <laughs> I just gotta count to my fucking fingers like a dunce. <laughs> I don't. I don't need a fucking uh, wrestling headgear. I need a dunce cap. <laughs> One more. You know, do you have to see like a an old cartoon with someone's like misbehaving. They put like that cone shaped hat in someone's head that looks like a D, like has a D on yeah. it. The dunce cap. Um, I see. Yeah, that would be you. I haven't thought of, I haven't, fuck you. <laughs> I haven't thought about that in quite a while, man. Bro, I, I, I'll i roll up to your gym and do a stupid move and bucky choke people just to be like, ah, are you happy with that now, Rose? Fucking bucky choking people. <laughs> Speaking of which, have you, okay, do you think they actually work or do you think it's a bullshit, bullshit thing? Like, what's your, what's your take on stupid moves like the bucky choke? Uh, I'd say it's like, a last resort move if you're stuck and like you really need a way out then you can give it a go but yeah. i wouldn't i wouldn't put it in like my a game arsenal i don't think that's that's the way to go unless you're just a lanky bastard or something which i am not <laughs> Being yeah, like I met you. you're you're anything but lanky you're you're normal size you got normal proportions bro sorry <laughs> okay that being said uh okay I ch- I can occasionally throw up bucky chokes. I don't know. I just I don't know. I pull them out of my ass, I guess. But like, um, I can only really finish them on skinny people, just because you know I don't know. Fucking my jitsu sucks, and I have to bully bully smaller people because you know I'm an asshole. But um, I did once throw a, a big guy into bucky choke, and the funniest thing, he just like stood up and fucking got off me straight away from the side control, just because people don't want to tap to it, so they'll just get off you, which is a uh, great strategy. It's like, yeah, I don't want to tap to something stupid, so I'm just going to let you up. So, you know, we're, we're cool. <laughs> oh, what's uh, what's actually the next big comp you've planned, and uh, will bulky chokes be legal in it? <laughs> uh, next big one, I'm looking at uh, London Open and um, Nogi Europeans. Mm. Oh, nice. When's that London Open one, in case people want to come and... Uh, pester you for photos and autographs at it. I think London Open is half October and Logan your please is end of October. Yeah, so both right. Not nice. Uh you know, might do Nogi European, so I might go hassling you for autographs and pictures and shit of this. You know. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh so I so what's you what's actually your proudest competition achievement, whether it was you competing or coaching people? Like what would you say is like your proudest achievement in competition? Oh, um, I would say Pan Ams this year. Uh, I went on to the final against Mesa Bastos, and I really enjoyed that fight. It was a, it was a really good fight. Mm. So, that would be it. No, I trained in Mesa once, and uh, we had some really good, uh, it was like fucking Barambolos, obviously, and then like weird X-hooks and shit. Like, you know, I still use this. Okay, I know it's no-key, but like I try to annoy people with bolos sometimes and do like this weird X-hook thing to annoy the shit out of them, because why not? Yeah, yeah, you can do the Noki. Yeah, you know. So, you know, people, you know, people are like, man, Barambolas don't work. And then they especially don't work in Nogi. So that's like not working squared. So, you know, it's a whole fucking inverse law thing. Uh, so, so Rose, I got two two questions here for you that I got from my listeners. You know, all two of my listeners. So I got my two questions. Yeah, so, uh, like, ask her, does she do much doctoring still? Because you're actually a doctor as well. Like, no, you never fucking mention it, but you're like a fucking doctor lady as well. Dr. Rose Medicine Woman. 
I just said, how you make me sound like a witch. <laughs> nah, you know, I didn't... Medicine Woman, it's like the show, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. That, that was in the Wild West. There, there wasn't, wasn't any witchcraft then, so, you know, you're, you're safe from all the... What's the fucking thing? Um, fuck, what's the... Uh, what was the thing they used to burn the witches? That, that's it. You're not going to get burned yeah. to the stake just yet. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. The word just escaped me there, so... Okay, back to the serious thing. Uh, do you do much doctoring still? <laughs> uh, at the moment, no. I uh, graduated in 2018 and then i worked for up until like last summer so uh but at the moment i completely quit my job and more i'm just doing just nice i'd say um what's it called um so what on your on your business cards does it say professor slash doctor or professor and doctor or which is it now like you know because you know i have i guess i have two resumes one for like one for work and one for one for sports uh, and because uh, yeah, I worked in, in both, like, uh, worked a little bit in like a public health office and a clinic for, um, sexually transmitted diseases. If you want to know if you have one, uh, I worked there for a bit. So I did a few different jobs within the medical field. Yeah. And seeing as you're from Amsterdam, I imagine that fucking, uh, that clinic would be quite busy. Yes. It was really busy. It was before COVID though. So. <laughs> Yeah, it was right in the city center. Uh, boy, fucking hell. Uh, okay, I say you're a good person to have around, though, when people are getting injured. You're like, ah, oh, yes, you, you just tore your crucial ligament there. Yes, you know. You should be in agonizing pain for the next four to seven business months. That'll be seven quid for that consultation. <laughs> yeah, it, it does come in handy when people get injured to kind of know, like, okay, is it something serious or is it is it not? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you can just be like, oh, no, it's not serious. Stop crying. You know, pick your leg up and go home. Like, just, just chill. <laughs> That's pick, your, pick your leg up. Fuck it up. <laughs> uh, so when did you actually start coaching, by the way? And whoa, whoa, what did you think about your early classes? You know, like, I know lots of people are very critical of themselves and they're teaching and they, like, cringe at their old classes. They're like, ah, fucking hell, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I started a experiment. 2016 to teach um i was teaching like women only classes trying to get that little started and and yeah from there i started teaching more and more so now it's gym right training uh and all these camps i'm learning them and i'm doing like uh, one of my private classes like small group classes and seminars so a little bit of everything and um, yeah definitely in the beginning i did very fair or at least i was very um thinking like, oh, what if people ask me something and I don't know the answer? Like, you should know everything when you're teaching, but I don't think that there are a lot of people who know everything uh, when they're teaching. So that's just a normal part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, you could just be a know-it-all fucking purple belt again, then, you know, then you do know everything. You know. <laughs> you well, I should know. I, I'm a know-it-all. Not pointing any fingers. <laughs> Uh, I just like to point out to my listeners that she's actually pointed at me through her screen right now. So for anyone thinking she's not pointed fin fingers, she's in fact pointed fingers. <laughs> Anyways, uh, speaking of uh, speaking of your camps, uh, Jiu-Jitsu Queens, like when did you first start? Uh, when did you first get the ball rolled on that? Like what was the inspiration behind it? And like, you know, when did you just, okay, how'd you come up with the name first and foremost? Because the fucking hardest thing to do is to name fucking something. Yeah. Fucking naming a thing is so fucking difficult. Yeah, I, I also want to know how you named your podcast, but I'll start first. Um, 
So the first camp, actually it was called Ladies Only BJ. I, I recently changed the name, like only two years ago. Um, um, and it just started because I wanted to overhaul something where it was get together train. So um, just as a, as a get together, a couple of days of training, because not everyone has lots of girls in the gym. So the first one was in 2016 with Samantha Cook in the UK. And uh, yeah, it was super successful. So from there, I just kept repeating them. And then after the lockdown, I kept, uh, I like, I increased the frequency because it was only once a year. But it was so like such high in, uh, in demand. So then I decided to do it more often. Mm. Yeah, no, that's good. And I, I will say this though. Um, to be fair, every everyone I've talked to, because you know, you remember, uh, so guys, I have this in joke with a few of my friends that like you know, um, we're always talking about our roses, sem- roses seminars and uh, camps. And like one time, I was training here in my shed with my. You remember this? I was training here with my sh- in my shed with one of my friends. I was like. Oh, so what do you think about, I recorded her saying this, what do you think about Rose's camps? And she's like, oh, they're so terribly good, terribly good. You know, I always love that pun. It's like saying terribly good. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's fucking, <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, terrible the puns. <laughs> oh, that's good to hear. Yeah. 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 I enjoy doing that too, so I think that helps. Also, uh, you're probably sick of my terrible puns and shitty jokes by now, but... I got a, one one last one, one last terrible joke before we get back to the normal question. <laughs> so I think you're missing. Okay, this only happened to me before we were recording an episode. I was like watching some Instagram stories and someone, this girl was like, she had like a weird accent. She was talking about her teaching seminars for like women, only women. And I misheard her and thought she said seminars. I was like, that would be very funny. But then I re-listened to her and she just said seminars. I was like, wait a minute. That would be a great idea for a women's only seminar. Just call it a seminar. <laughs> like, yeah, let's see if I can click on your face. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you you feel free to steal that idea. I think that's fucking. I think that's comedy gold right there. Good for now. <laughs> or the comedy silver. Like, come on, it's, that may not be gold, but it could be silver. You know, bronze. It's not gonna be a fucking look. Get out, sorry. <laughs> you guys, if I ever posted a video to this episode, you'd know what I was talking about. But seeing as I'm a lazy bastard, it's audio only, sorry. <laughs> okay, so Rose, I got a, a few questions about... Sh- okay, so I got which segment of the podcast. like to call it a round of specifics. Some Got some weird questions, some about jiu-jitsu, some not about jiu-jitsu. So, do do a round of specifics? Sure, let's go. Yeah. Alright, so do you have any nicknames or moves or positions in your gym... And uh, if so, what's the background behind them? Like, you got any like funny names for stuff in your gym? Uh, to be honest, not really. I think it's because of the lack of Brazilian people in our gym that we don't <laughs> name a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, because that's it, I never. It's not really the Brazilians I've encountered that come up with weird names for stuff. It's more the Irish people that come up with just stupid fucking names for things, like. Uh, What's it called? Um, like a toe hold. Like, I know we saw this fucking, I like an in-joke about one of my friends. It's like, it's it's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's this one show. There's one thing he calls his toes, like toesy woesies or something. So then I put my friend a toe hold. It's like, oh, it's a toesy woesy hold. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't name it like that. <laughs> or uh, we, we, we're big into our alliteration, like uh, phenomenal footlock, tumultuous toe hold, hellacious heel hook. Curvaceous calf slicer, I guess. I don't know. Other fucking weird fucking bits of alliteration. 
You can steal that curvaceous calf slicer because why not? It's a it's a free customer. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So what would you say is uh, the biggest flaw in modern grappling, whether in rule sets and stuff? The biggest flaw in modern grappling? Yeah. Uh, I would say take the ten minutes down to a shorter time. Not just ten minutes. Yeah, fucking. That's my biggest fucking dread for doing competitions at Blackfield. I'm like, man, uh, ten minutes is a long ass fucking time. I get, I've had ten minute matches, but I've like won them in less than ten minutes. Like it's only happened twice. I'm like, cool. I'm glad that's over. I, I fucking go home now. Because if I had to go the whole ten minutes, I'd not be a very happy guy. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, if you have like super fights and stuff, then it's normal. But fight is a little bit longer. Uh, but especially in tournament style, you want to save your energy if you know you're you have multiple ten minute matches coming up. So I think it it slows down the pace for some. Mm. Well, plus having like multiple ones back to back to back, and then right. you know, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. And plus, if you have a big division, you have multiple, multiple, multiple ones. And then if you want to do the open weight, multiple, multiple, multiple ones again after doing your weight class. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know. yeah, for a tournament style, I'd say 10 minutes is too much. I think I think seven or eight minutes is just enough. Seven is good. Yeah, AGP is five, which is kind of short. So you really have to like not make any mistakes and go very like hard from the beginning. But seven minutes is good. That's a good time to like... Uh, get something yeah. going and not be completely exhausted if you had more than one fight. Yeah, because, okay, with, like, fucking, in, like, high school wrestling and stuff, even from, like, the lower levels to the high levels, all the matches are fucking six minutes. From the lowest level ones to the highest level ones, they're six minutes. So at least, you know, your ho- throughout your whole career, your whole tenure of wrestling, you're used to fighting for the same amount of time. So it's not like, oh, I'm a blue belt. I, I fight for six minutes, so this is awesome. I'm used to fucking game planning for six minutes then you get your purple belt like oh you have to fight for seven minutes now like okay cool now your brown belt's gotta fight for eight minutes now your black belt's gotta fight for ten like (laughs) bro what the fuck this is very nice time this is very honestly I want to know what the whole point of that was like whose idea was this like yeah uh, black belt increase the time for (laughs) like why it's a terrible idea man fuck that ten minutes is a fucking shit show Plus, it's, these matches get so stally as well because no one wants to fucking do anything. Or, okay, I've seen, I don't, I'm not going to talk shit about anyone, but I, you know, actually, they blocked out this guy's name once. I think it was Europeans of last year. Some dude got, he got 120 points scored on him in a 10-minute match at Black Belts. And someone took a picture of the scorecard and blurred your man's name out of it because, you know, you don't, you, know, you don't want people knowing you fucking lost by 120 points in a 10-minute match. That's a lot of points. Just, how do you even get 120 points? Did you get your back taken 30 times? <laughs> I guess there's also like a a maximum for the amount of points that you can theoretically score, right? If you have like X amount of minutes and then how many points you can score. <laughs> so you must have been close to the limit. Okay, what I want to know is, how are you so much better than someone that you can score 100 fucking points in them in 10 minutes, but you can't submit them? The other guy must have that, really good set. Un, like, unless you're just trying to clown on someone, like, say it's the finals and it, it's someone you don't like and you just want to fucking humiliate them. Like, you know, or even then, at some point, 
old mate's got to know he can't win and he's losing by 40 points. Like, just tap when you, you know, when you're fucking 40 points down. So, you know, it's not that as bad then. Uh. Uh, that's a bit much. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's it called? Uh, speaking of, we were talking about grappling shows and super fights and stuff. Do you have any grappling shows or super fights that you really like watching? Like, you know, Grapple Fest or Enyo or something like that? Like, what's, uh, you know, if you want to watch Jiu-Jitsu as just a purely entertainment thing, like, what's your preference? Oh, um, I mean, I think Enya's doing a great job at, like, pushing the women's presence in uh, in, in competition. Um, I like the Polaris Grand Prix that they did with the, uh, with the girls, the Nogi one. That one was really cool and entertaining to watch. What's your most disliked thing in the jiu-jitsu community? You know, whether it's, like, people always talking shit about each other, ranting a raven, you know, uh... Because, like, or people shitting on each other. It's like, oh, they got this sponsorship and I didn't or some fucking stupid thing. Like, what's your most disliked thing in the jiu-jitsu community? Oh, uh, my most disliked thing in the jiu-jitsu community. Like, I don't like it so much when people uh, complain after after a match if they lost that it's, like, the ref's fault or, uh, like, the, the scoreboard's fault. They, they say, like, oh, if it would have been another rule set, then I would have won, but... I was thinking, for all, but it was this rule set that you were competing against. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, very look, now, look, we've all been on the receiving end of a bad ref. Like I said earlier, I got. Uh, it no, no, look, it we've all been there. No, look, you can complain about a ref being shit because statistically, you know, people, people aren't perfect. So if you hire someone to like right. officiate something, they're going to make a mistake eventually. Even the best referees make a mistake eventually. Now, where I draw the line is, you know, you can complain complain about a ref. Cool, grand, we're all, we're all friends here. Complain about a rule set is a bit fucking stupid because you know the rule set. You chose to sign up to the rule set, train for that rule set, and then show up on the day and fight under that rules. So shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Do a different rule set then if it's such a problem. People sometimes will say like, oh, if I only had a minute longer, if the match would have been a bit longer, but the match is the amount of minutes it is, so... That's what you gotta deal with. <laughs> Tough cities, bro. Just just do no time limit sub only then. Try to try to find someone who can do no time limit sub only for you. I'm sure you'll have a great time of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is coming from a guy. I actually texted these guys I know who run a thing, being like, Could you do us a no time limit sub only match real quick? And they're like just just usually they respond to me with like a long thing. They just responded, No, full stop. <laughs> it's not so funny. Uh well, would you ever do a no time limit sub only match ever? Like, say you got a whole bunch of money for doing no time limit sub only. So theoretically, the match could go on for hours and hours and hours. Would you? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> that would be fucking real fun. We wouldn't want that. I don't know. Like, what, what if you had? To, okay. What if you had to fight? Uh, you know, Gabby Garcia. I'm not sure how long that would last. <laughs> I don't know, you're the one who said you do it, so which is the bro? Let's get this ball rolling. Speaking of uh, competitions, do you have any crazy competition stories? Like, I don't know, rushing from the airport or like, you know, your match getting pushed forward and you have to rush that, rush to get there. Or people just being, you know, weird or ridiculous. Just any crazy competition stories? Oh, I'm thinking, I mean, I dislocated my own shoulder during a, a match at Worlds and then got it put back in. Tried again and failed. <laughs> <laughs> Did you put your own shoulder back in? Because you you no. know the doctor. <laughs> You're just telling him, oh yeah, uh, get a 45 degree angle and put this amount of force into it and my shoulder should go back into place. 
Like, oh no, that was a 46 degree angle. <laughs> how the fuck should, how the fuck you get your own shoulder out? Like, what the fuck? Uh, my shoulders were, are very flexible. So I was doing a Toriyama pass and, um, that's how it, how it, how it went out. Uh, I didn't put it, put it back in myself. That was, uh, the first age crew that came running to the mat. Yeah. As you do. Like, yeah. is it mid, was it mid-match, like, at the start, end, or, like, uh, it was mid- going? No, I mean, I tried, and that that's, like, not advice I would give to anyone else if something like that happens, because before you know it, it will just pop out again, and then you're done. So, like, once it dislocates, uh, it will probably dislocate again right away, so there's no use <laughs> trying for the second time. Uh, no, it was, like, the beginning of the match. It was my third match. It was part of final Purple Dog at World. Uh, when- 17 or 18 I don't remember um, and then like the people who were there put it back in uh, and yeah 30 seconds later it went out again so then I had to stop yeah, yeah I was very sad <laughs> oh well next time bro next time your fucking shoulder pops you'll just be like ah fuck it I'll just just eat it for the rest of the 10 minute match <laughs> fuck that yeah man yeah. okay so Rose we got the last question here are you ready for the last question sure let's go <laughs> I, what's the funkiest bit of training gear you have whether it's a weird colored rash guard a funky pair of spats or a pinky or something what's the funkiest bit of training gear you have how do you come up with these questions <laughs> I just do man I got a lot of time in my hands what am I supposed to do <laughs> come on bro have you met you've met me you know how weird I am kinda uh, I don't have very weird clothing to be honest I have a pretty normal wardrobe <laughs> I don't, I don't even have like any other color feed aside from white, black, and blue. I don't even have like a military green or like a pink one. No, I swear, I only have normal <laughs> Bro, you need to tell me. Okay, bro, why didn't you get a fucking, um, you have the fucking Jiu Jitsu Queen's rash guard that's like baby blue and baby pink. Yeah, get a, I wanted to put, say that. Get one, like, get a rash guard, get a gear at that color. Like, come on, dude. Come on, you're missing the trick. <laughs> Fuck. That's probably the stupidest thing I've said in a while. In a while. <laughs> in a while, not Ember. I've said some really stupid shit. Like, come on, bro. Come on. Oh, I believe. Gee whiz, thanks. Awesome. Okay, uh, how about we? Okay, how about we? We workshop a few uh, funky, funky bits of training gear. You know, get you a fucking pair of neon spats because people always wear them and they think it's funny. Yeah. That'd be cool. It could be. Or uh, what's it called? I saw this show your old gi one time where it was like segmented down the middle. Half of it was black on one side, half of it was white on the other. And then the pants were flipped. So, you know, it was black and white and, you know, black on the left, red, uh, white on the right. And then the jacket was flipped. You could do that, but just have, um, what's it called? It'd be like pastel blue and pink and stuff. I think that would look very ridiculous. You know, good, good, ridiculous, not bad, ridiculous. Good, ridiculous. I'm just saying, people would pay for that, man. If you got that, you know, people would pay for that. I guess that there's like a segment of people who train that like the funky style of keys, as you described. Well, you know, yeah. if I, the guys, when I, when I trained in the key, when I trained in the key, uh, uh, I, you know, I wore fucking ridiculous color keys like military green and khaki <laughs> and lilac. I had a lilac one. Oh, nice. You know, nice. yeah. I'll say I'll send you a picture of that one later. It's actually not bad. I still have it because 
I paid a lot of okay. It was white. I bought this gear of someone and it had like you this tied it. Yeah. I threw it in the wash and dyed it with this thing. Boom, that's how we get you on it. We get you a dye pack and you just dye a gi of weird color. That'd be cool. Yeah. 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 Not pink, though. I, I've never liked the pink keys. Like the all pink keys. Yeah. Uh, that's a damn shame. <laughs> that's that's the pink. Would you, would you settle for lilac, maybe? Lilac is cool. Yeah, I'm with I'm, I'm you. Okay, guys, we'll get the ball rolling on that. <laughs> okay, so Roz, I think we're going to end the episode there. Do you have anything to say before we shoot off? Uh, no, good. Like, do you do a shout out, or uh, is that part that's coming? Also, um, uh, when's uh, just so people know, like, when's the next camp, and your if you have oh, any more yeah. seminar tours or anything on the on the way? Yeah. So, uh, the next Jiu-Jitsu Queens camp is going to be September 29th to October first, and I'm going to be teaching together with Bianca Basilio. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, well, you know, you are subscribed to my newsletter, so don't look surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and also, guys, uh, all that stuff will be linked in the description if you want to sign up to our newsletter and everything. You know, see, so you, you know, you don't have to listen to a terrible podcast to get all your uh, updates on this camp. You can just email this like a normal person <laughs> if you check your email. I know some people don't check their fucking email. You know, <laughs> I never did. I never. <laughs> okay, I check it occasionally when to, to see if I got paid or to see if my order's been shipped or to see when the next Jitsu Queen's camp is. Exactly. So, there you go. Alright, so guys, it'll all that stuff be in the description anyway. So Rose, thanks for coming on. Do you have anything to say before we shoot off? Uh thank you for having me. Alright. Cool. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you enjoyed and adios.